0: Hello. Hello? Hello. It's me back from South Africa. Sabona CC shot brute salaka to be back. That's the only South African slang that I know. That's the only Zulu that I know. And I know I just sounded like the most basic white girl that could have ever said that, but I had to, I've been in South Africa for two and a half weeks. What do you expect from me? And I promise I'll never do it again because I'm like doing a disservice, but oh my gosh, you guys, first episode of 2023. Can you believe I was in freaking South Africa for two and a half weeks? I cannot believe I had the best time so much to catch up on, so much Bravo news. Honestly, it was a little bit rude that so many Bravo breaking news headlines happened while I was on vacation. Like, Do they not know that I needed a break? But it makes for a great first episode back. I mean, not going to skip over all the fun details about South Africa. I mean, meeting the in-laws for the first time, going to the beaches, being on safari, being five inches away from a Wild cheetah. Never thought I'd say that. A lioness and six baby cubs. Oh my gosh, you guys. I could cry all over just thinking about it. And I did cry a lot when I was there. I would say probably five or six times. Definitely, I sobbed when I got off the airplane to hug my in laws for the first time, sobbing. I don't know if it was jet lag, a little bit of like deliriousness from being in the air for 22 hours, or if I was just overly emotional. I'm going to say all the above. And we'll leave it at that. It was great. It was fantastic. I can't even pick a top moment. I mean, being on an African safari is like a once in a lifetime kind of thing. And I did a full in-depth recap on my Patreon page. And let me just look, well, we, we don't have time. That episode alone on the Patreon is 20 minutes long and we don't have time to get into all of it. But can we have a heart to heart for a second? Like me and you, just me and you. We're the only ones here, okay? From me to you, I want you to listen to me for a minute. Being in South Africa, it changed me in a lot of ways. And the whole time I was there, I just kept thinking, I am so blessed. I am so blessed to live the life that I live. There's no other word to describe it. But while I was there, it, it really had me in my feelings because my fiance, David, has not seen his family in three and a half years. And I feel like it's really easy to be content in this life and and be like, Oh, David loves it here in America with me and constantly doing things with my family. And of course we think about the fact that he's not able to go home all the time, but just being there and seeing how much they love him and how much he loves them. I was in my feels and I don't really know if I've ever been transparent with you about my career aspirations and where I'm trying to take this thing, because sometimes it seems all over the place. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm really working hard to become a full-time independent entertainment correspondent. It's not as easy as it looks. Let's just keep it real. Let's look at the numbers, okay? And I'm not a numbers girl I hate. I will never be the type of girl who's like, Thank you for a 100,000 subscribers. I just don't like it because I feel like your value is not placed on the number of followers that you have at the top of your Instagram page. That's just how I feel. No shade if other creators out there want to celebrate that because it does take a lot of hard work to get there. I'm not putting it down. But in full transparency, Instagram, about 73,000 followers. TikTok, around 170. So that's like 240,000 followers. You would think That with that following, you, Morgan, you could do this full time wrong. You can't. You can't. And I really want to utilize the Patreon page this year to get me to the place where I could go spend a month in South Africa with my fiance, David, and his family and still be able to talk on this podcast, on the Patreon, on Instagram, on TikTok, and any of the other things and still not, you know, like, I need to be able to afford insurance. You know what I'm saying? When I was in South Africa, that's all I could think about. I'm never one to have a five-year plan because my wants and desires change all the time. But I've always said, I want to do something that makes me happy and that can afford me. I don't want to say afford me like the lifestyle that I want to live. I want to be able to pay my bills. Yeah. You know, I want to do what I enjoy. I want to be able to pay my bills and being there. I was like, I want to be able to do what I love and also allow David the opportunity to spend a month in South Africa. You know, and if I'm a full-time independent content creator someday, I will be able to do that. But right now I just can't. So if you have it in your heart to support me on this journey, I would really appreciate if you join the Patreon page If you want podcasts from South Africa, join the Patreon page. There's two tiers. Extra pop, $5 a month. Pop a batch if you're a Bachelor fan, $3 a month, and you get anywhere between four to 10 additional MPT episodes. So think about it. Pray about it. Ask the Lord what he wants you to do. And if he wants you to support me, do it, baby. Patreon.com slash Morgan's Pop Talks. You will get the full South Africa recap there. I've wasted six minutes on this, and we still have a lot to discuss. So let's start with the pop three. Lisa Renna leaving the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Mutually decided, I'm using air quotes there because I'm not all that convinced that it was mutual, but even if it was, I don't think Lisa Renna is happy about this at all because the things that she's been posting on social media, to me, speak Otherwise, saying things like the show could flop without Renna. She did this long interview with Interview Magazine, and I want to just highlight a couple of things that she says in that interview. So the first thing that I was like, mm, are you serious? She says, I let everybody know right after the reunion that I was going to move on. That was going to be it. I don't believe that. I think that if fans would have been on Lisa Renna's side in Aspengate, we would have a whole different ball game right now. You really think that she would leave the show if the roles were reversed and if people were supporting her the way that they were supporting Kathy Hilton? She would leave. Absolutely not. I mean, it's easily fact checkable. If any of the cast sees this and they're like, "She didn't say that," or "She did say that," it is what it is. But I'm going to believe that that's not necessarily the truth, and especially because, like, a minute later in that interview, she says. Filming is fun. What's not fun is the show airing. And why is that? Because you get the fan reaction, which she later goes on to say that the fan reactions are too extreme right now. If filming is so fun, why would you quit after you film the reunion? If the show airing is what is not fun, wouldn't it make more sense that after the show was done airing, that's when the decision would have been made? Who knows? Okay. When it comes to fans' reaction, she says, something has gotten to the housewife universe because of what's going on in the world, and it's reflected in the way the fans react to the world of housewives. And I just think it's unhealthy. It wasn't working for me. It wasn't right for me. Now, if anybody but Lisa Renna said this, I would tend to side with them. You know what I mean? (laughs) But the fact that Lisa Renna, of all people, are calling other people's reactions extreme. You cannot create your identity on stirring the pot, being the villain, calling it out, whatever, owning it, whatever label you want to put on it, and then be mad for people doing the same thing to you just online. I'm not here for it. So then she says that she thinks Sutton and Garcella are going to have a tough time because they're going to have to show up and work. It's giving Kim Kardashian... Nobody wants to work these days. Imagine if she would have quoted that honestly would have been iconic. But then the interviewer says our hope is that Garcelle and Sutton become truly iconic by being comfortable with being villainous. And Lisa says, well, they just need to be who they really are. They are that, but they just have to let go of this facade they've created. I actually think Lisa Renna is the one that has created the villain facade, And she's in that role. And I actually think that she has done that to her demise because you actually don't need any one particular housewife to become a villain. These shows don't need one villain who makes everyone's lives miserable and that equals success. And you know how I know that? Look at the Real Housewives of Miami. Who is the villain right there? There isn't one, and it is by far the best show in the franchise right now. Of course, they have little spats here, they have little spats there, but they're really a core group of friends, and people take turns being shady. So I don't believe Lisa Rena when she says people have to get comfortable with being villainous and they share their lives. The Real Housewives of Miami, which is one thing I think Lisa Rinna has really lacked. She has made her identity the pot stirrer, and we know nothing about her actual life. Really, the only thing that we knew about her was the things that were going on with her daughter, Amelia. How many times were we not allowed to talk about the husband? How many times were we not allowed to address X, Y, Z? It's just, I feel like I don't know Lisa Renna all that well, other than she likes to cause a lot of drama. And I think Lisa Renna, thinking and deciding that her role was going to be the villain in the end is her demise. Because like I said, we like a little shady moment here. We like a little shady moment there. But the difference with Lisa, there's a difference between being a little shady and being unbearably shady, you know? Like that's all they live, breathe to do is to cause chaos. And I think that people got tired of it. I got tired of it. And I like Housewives drama. But when the when the bad and the toxicity far outweighs funny moments, lighthearted moments, then you've done that to yourself. And I don't know how the next season of Housewives is going to go in Beverly Hills. I'm excited to see though. I think Sutton and Garcelle will be just fine. Let's move on to headline number two, the Chrisleys and Jen Shaw. I'm going to kind of tie this in together because Savannah Chrisley, their daughter has been very vocal about Jen Shaw sentencing in comparison to her parents. Um, But like I said, Jen Shaw's (laughs) sentencing also happened while I was in South Africa. Listen to this. In South Africa, they have this thing called load shedding. Talked about it a little bit on my TikTok page, but essentially for X amount of hours a day, there's no power. And that is to preserve energy because there's not enough electricity to run throughout the entire country for 24 hours a day. So depending on how bad it is at the time, depends on how long the power will be out for. So while we were there, it started two hours in the morning. So 10 AM to 12, that's what happened. And then later in the trip, it was in the morning and at night, five to seven at night. I'm on a seven-hour time difference, seven hours ahead, okay? So we sit down at the table at 5 o'clock. I'm getting ready to see Jen Shaw be sentenced because it was at 10 a.m. in New York, remember? Literally, as Jen Shaw's sentence is being read, load shedding, no electricity, can't use my phone. For two hours, I had to sit there in agony and figure out how long Jen Shaw was going to prison for. We got there eventually. So we know she's going 6.5 years. Savannah Chrisley has an issue with that. Savannah thinks her parents' sentences of 19 total years combined is unfair. And then she points the finger directly at Jen Shaw. She released a podcast episode saying, put the cases side by side. And it makes no sense. It just doesn't. Savannah argues that Jen's case seemed far worse because there were actual victims involved in this telemarketing scheme. Obviously, she scammed elderly people out of a lot of money, whereas Todd and Julie were convicted of tax fraud and bank evasion, having used loans to help pay for their lavish lifestyle and hide money from the IRS. Earlier this week, Todd reported to start his 12-year sentence in Pensacola, Florida, while Julie is serving seven years at the Federal Medical Center in Lexington, Kentucky. Julie was supposed to be in Florida, not the same place, but that recently changed. And according to Insider's They can't say specifically, but they say factors that could have contributed to this last minute switch include the level of security and supervision an inmate requires, medical and programming needs, which that is what I think it is, and proximity to an individual's released residence or court hearings. So. Savannah says in this podcast, you have someone who has not admitted to guilt and who will stand firm in that. We're standing by our truth that it is not guilty. There are no victims. Um, The cases are different, right? So I understand that no matter what, Savannah is going to be there for her parents, Um, but they're different. You know, different circumstances happened and a big difference. Jen pled guilty. The Chrisleys did not. Let's move on to our third and final headline. What's going on with Kyle Richards and Ozempic? We've been hearing tons about Ozempic recently. Uh allegedly, it is a pill for diabetes, but allegedly, so not a See, I'm so worried about lawyers coming for me and being like, I don't like. It is a medicine that people use for diabetes, but allegedly some. Celebrities are using it for weight loss. So Ozempic is a once-weekly injectable medication formulated to help adults with type 2 diabetes manage their blood blood sugar. Although not officially a weight loss drug, research suggests that people who take Ozempic may lose modest amounts of weight while being on the medication. It's been everywhere lately. People speculating the Kardashians using it, Mindy Kaling using it, and now Kyle Richards. This first came about with Kyle because she posted this mirror selfie of herself in like a sports bra and underwear, swimsuit bottoms, whatever, looking teeny tiny muscles on and popping. When I first saw it, I didn't think, oh, zempic." I thought like, exhale. Like she, she looks like she's about to pass out. She is, flexing, but others were quick to point out that she could potentially be jumping on this Hollywood trend of taking this medication um, to lose weight. Kyle commented on page six's Instagram post about this saying, I am not taking Ozempic. I never have. And then she also responded to, uh, we'll just say a troll in the comments and said, I've never tried Ozempic and this is not from plastic surgery. I did have a breast reduction in May. I'm honest about what I do, but if giving plastic surgery, the credit makes you feel better then pop off sister. I'm trying to get Diana on the podcast next week. She has a great Instagram account called IG famous by Diana. Um, She looks at these types of situations, you know, what kind of work celebrities are having done. Um, And she said that she believes that Kyle is not particularly on Ozempic, but could be on something very similar called Morano. Mon I have no idea how to say it. <laughs> Clearly, it's a little bit above my pay grade, um, but also blind items sent into du- Dumois saying a very well-known blind item person just revealed um, what you said talking about Diana. Of course, Kyle said no to uh, Ozempic because she's on Mon Warno, which is essentially the same thing. Like I said, I'm going to try to get Diana on next week and she will be able to break this down for you because it's a lot of medical terminology. And I, I draw the line at legal proceedings, you know, like not a lawyer, not a doctor, legal proceedings. I can like fudge my way through it, but medical terminology, forget it, forget it. You're looking at a girl who's been trying to figure out how to stop every inch of my body from peeling for the past three days. I'm peeling in places I didn't know you could peel. From the South African sun. Today's podcast sponsor is One Skin, and if you have sensitive skin, listen up. We got to talk about their scientifically proven topical supplements, free from over fifteen hundred chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red and itchy and irritated—all the stuff we hate. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe Seal of Approval. One Skin's products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Not only that, they're the first and only skin longevity company to target cellular senescence, a key hallmark of aging. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, one skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer, say no more. Get started today with 15% off using code POPTALKS at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code POPTALKS. After your purchase, they're going to ask where you heard about them. Please support the show, support your girl, tell them I sent you because we give credit where credit is due here at MPT. All right, let's move on to our deep dive. And there were a lot of submissions this week, but overwhelming. It took the case the case it took the cake we're going with the summer house trailer this deep dives from ellie hey morgan it's ellie from boston i've been dying to hear your thoughts about the summer house trailer what do you think led to danielle and Lindsay's falling out i'm so curious why it's so shocking and causing mayhem thanks so much for all you do we love listening to you Thank you, Ellie. Love you like a sis. The Summer House trailer has lived rent free in my brain for a week. Literally that song, that's the beginning of the trailer. I was watching it before this and it said foreboding music because I had the closed captions on. I'm like, yes, that's what it is. And I watched this trailer 600 times and I had to eat my words. The Lord was humbling me in this moment because a couple weeks ago, when the trailer for the Real Housewives of New Jersey came out, I was like, why do people get so excited about trailers? And then this one came out, and I was like, oh my God. This and the Vanderpump Rules trailer, which is also phenomenal. We don't have time, it's going to be on the Patreon. So, be there or be square. Summer was described as shocking mayhem. Clearly the big selling point this season is the major fallout between Lindsay and Danielle. There is some tension between Kyle and Carl. Amanda is seen crying and that's all in the first 40 seconds. We'll get to all of that, but of course, lots of fun theme parties and newbies. Let's meet the newbies. Samantha Fair, I think is how you say her last name. She's a New Jersey native. This is per Bravo works as a content creator and she's looking to enjoy her first summer with the crew while Samantha typically dates a roster of four to five guys. Could there be someone in the Hamptons who is worth committing to next? We have Chris Leone as the only single guy in the house until Corey shows up who is on winter house. Craig's fraternity brother. Chris is a hot commodity. Grew up in Florida, very strict household previously served in the Marines. So he's ready to let loose and have some fun in the Hamptons. And then finally, we have Gabby Prescott in the trailer. The fashion consultant tells Danielle that her ex-boyfriend of four years cheated on her with Danielle. (sighs) Although, go back and watch it. I don't trust it because it's a voiceover. Start watching reality TV long enough to be able to tell when things are dubbed over. When Gabby says, cheated on me with... That was voiced over. And if you go back, you'll be able to hear the difference. So who knows if they're just trying to gaslight us and, you know, do a little switcheroo. We have an Andrea Denver sighting, which, you know, we love to see it. Corey, like I said, Craig's friend comes back. He's no longer with Jessica. Surprise, surprise. Who has a new boyfriend, by the way? If you check out her TikTok, they're like making salmon dinners together and stuff. It's cute. Sierra. And the trailer's like, Corey is hot. And I just, I'm starting to be more critical because I just don't believe that Sierra is coming into summer guns blazing again for Corey because we've been down this road with winter house. Nothing came of it last season of summer house. It started out with Sierra trying to flirt with Carl It's like you don't always have to try to have the single people hooking up with the single other single people. It just becomes a little obvious maybe that they're a looking for screen time or like that's the reason that they're there. Who knows? Kyle and Amanda going through some struggles talking about potentially not being able to get pregnant. Amanda has alluded to some health issues on her Instagram some time ago it definitely was last year i remember she was i don't know if she was like showing off some clothes that she had just bought or she's asking for recommendations but she was talking about how her body was going through some physical changes that she doesn't have any control over and that she's feeling self-conscious about it we do not judge women's bodies here at mpt we don't judge if people are pregnant We don't speculate on any of that kind of stuff, but I mean, we have all seen that Amanda Petula has lost a lot of weight recently. She's always been teeny tiny, but even more so now. And I feel like maybe this has something to do with some potential health issues that she's going to open up about this season. Paige and Craig. Also a topic of conversation. Their long distance relationship gets brought up by Maya, who's returning for her second season. Paige says there's a lot of pressure. Craig wants her to uh, come down to Charleston more and potentially live in Charleston. She gets all kinds of emotional saying, you're making it seem like if I don't say we should get engaged in six months, you're going to be pissed off at me. I am weary of Craig and Paige. And that's not because I don't like either of them because I do. I'm pretty like Switzerland when it comes to liking people. Typically, I like all the cast members of Summer House. I don't like particular things that each person does every so often. But as a cast, I generally enjoy watching all of them. The reason why I'm weary with Paige and Craig is because I I have watched enough Southern Charm And now Winter and Summer House to know that Craig Conover often sings the same old song. When he was with Naomi, she was the one. And he was going to do everything he could to prove to her that she was the one. When he was with Natalie for a hot second, he was on podcast saying she is the one. And I am sure of it. And now Paige is the one. So I don't know. I'm wishing them all the best, though, because they would make very cute children. We also have a little Carl versus Kyle moment. Um, Kyle says in the trailer, ever since he's been dating Lindsay, he's been doing less. Fans have noticed that Carl has recently changed his Instagram bio from VP of sales at Loverboy to investor at Loverboy, which is really interesting because you see all these clips in the trailer of Kyle saying... Carl could leave the company and we wouldn't feel it at all. And to completely remove the fact that you were the VP of sales or are the VP of sales and to switch it to investor might raise some eyebrows about what exactly is Carl's involvement with Loverboy. We also see him shopping for the ring, and that's when the wheels start to fall off. And we see the beginning of the end of Danielle and Lindsay in this trailer. To get engaged right now would be crazy. Maybe we won't get engaged when it's appropriate for you. This is beyond repair. It's just absolute shocking mayhem as they've said at the beginning. You know that I've heard the fallout between these two. was about Danielle's lack of support for Lindsay and Carl. And the trailer kind of points to that being the case. I always try to put myself in both of their shoes. If I'm Danielle and I'm coming to my best friend, Lindsay, out of concern because I do think that maybe they're moving a little bit fast and Lindsay is activated and jumped up, jumps down my throat about it, I'm going to be upset. If I'm Lindsay and my best friend is questioning me on my relationship timeline when she knows all the history between these two, I'd be like, why aren't you just happy for me? This is weird. Maybe it was quicker than some people would have expected, but you have to remember Lindsay's 36, Carl is 37, and they've known each other for a very long time. So in my opinion, this moving too fast reason, it's not really a good one in my opinion. If it works, it works. They're 36 and 37 years old. You know what you want at this point in life. They know each other probably better than anybody else in the world. My prediction is that deep down, it's not really about them getting engaged too fast. It's more about losing your best friend to their new husband. You know, we've all been there. We have all been there when you're the last one to get engaged. The rest of your friends go on with their lives, have husbands, start having babies. And you're like, where did all my friends go? Because their priority is no longer with you. It's with their husband. That's not to say that they're not still your friends. Every single one of my friends that are married are still my friends. It just goes from you being the first person they call to now their husband being the first person they call. And when you're Danielle, who might be in a little bit of a rough situation with your boyfriend, Robert, that might be a harder pill to swallow. And it seems as though Danielle and Robert have broken up since then. So it's just a recipe for disaster. I think you could really look at this from two different sides, like I said early earlier. If I'm Lindsay and my best friend isn't happy for me that I'm in love and looking towards the future and finally things are working, I'm happy in a healthy relationship. It would be different if they were fighting all day every day. And maybe maybe we'll see in the season that they are. And if that's the case, I'll have to eat my words and maybe change my opinion. But If they're happy and in love and it's not toxic and it's only met with like negativity and concern from your best friend, as a 37-year-old woman, I'm like, what's happening here? This doesn't make sense. On the other hand, if I'm Danielle, and it seems to me like all she really needed was some reassurance from her best friend that she would still be her best friend, and I met with Lindsay being activated like she is, my feelings are also going to be hurt because Lindsay just isn't one to be emotional in sadness. We always see her in anger. You know what I mean? Even when she has broken up with her previous boyfriends on the show. It's always cut and dried. There's no tears. It's we're done. I can't ever remember a time where I've seen Lindsay cry over a breakup. And I feel like that's the way that she handles conflict. So for someone like Lindsay, who has a pretty hard exterior and that's just her default, and maybe someone like Danielle, who's a bit more sensitive, who just needs, you know, one of her friends to really be there for her, it just might not end well. And I mean, I think it hasn't ended well and we can all see that. I'm the type of person that if this was like my friendship going through this, even if I believe 110% that I'm right about the situation and that the other person is wrong, I'm doing what I can do to repair the friendship to say, I'm sorry you feel this way. Like, let's work this out. Let's try to figure out what's going on. But if Lindsay is like offended by Danielle's potential negativity, I can see, you know, (sighs) how it just might be past the point of repair. As Danielle said, I hope that's not the case. I hope that this is just a big reality TV fight to get us to watch the show because my God, we're going to watch it. I want to say sorry to two people who submitted a deep dive request this week because after I picked Summer House and reached out to Ellie, um, someone was like, Please, for the love of God, don't talk about Summer House. <laughs> and then another person right after that said, No more Summer House. You're the only person that watches this show. And I'm like, Okay. I'm obsessed. Okay. It is what it is. Wrapping things up today, we got to talk about the hit peacock show, The Traders. You know, I like to tell you before you waste your time on a TV show, if you should sit down and binge watch it, The Traders. 10 out of 10, five gold stars, 100% bingeable. I'm almost done. Two more episodes. This show was a huge hit in other countries. And so they brought it over to the US. It's a mix between Survivor and the game Mafia. Remember, like that you would play in sixth grade with your head down and you would like peek underneath your desk to see like who was being tapped, who was being killed, whatever. It's on Peacock. It's 10 episodes. Basically, how this works is there's a mix of reality TV stars and commoners, normal people like me. Fingers crossed I get cast on it one day cuz I would love to be a trader. They're called faithfuls and they're traders, but nobody knows who each other is except the traders. There's 3 of them and they know who they are. We know who the traders are as the audience as well. There's murders, There's banishments, there's missions to earn money for the end of the game. And essentially, if you're faithful, you're trying to figure out who amongst you is a traitor before you get murdered by the traitors or banished by everybody else because they think that you're a traitor. It's a mind game through and through. There's reality stars from Survivor, Bravo, Big Brother, The Bachelor. I got to say the Bravo Lebs hold it down. They're the stars of the show. Reza, Kyle Cook, Brandi Glanville, Kate Chastain. Kate is like the star. She's a little bit of a brat on the show, but it makes for interesting television. So, you know, I'm not going to complain. But let me tell you who I love on this show, who I was not expecting to love. I have to eat my words about them. Ari. Dyke, former bachelor. I know, I know. He completely and utterly has won me over in this season of the Traders. And I have not been the biggest fan for a while because of what he did to our girl Becca Kufrin on The Bachelor, him and Lauren getting engaged on three different occasions, even though that they were already legally married. We've ripped on him. We have ripped on Ari. He's so likable. In this show, it hurts. And you know who else is so likable? Kyle Cook. It's amazing how much different Kyle Cook is when he hasn't had eight margaritas before nine o'clock in the morning. I was like, I did not know that Kyle could be this calm, cool, collected. I thought he was constantly walking around his life with mullet wigs on or really growing out his own mullet with The American flag hanging over his butt and that's it. I thought he lived his life like that. But seeing him on The Traders gave me a different perspective. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Like I said, I'm not done with it. But if you're into game shows, if you're into big cash prizes, if you're into mind games, which we're reality TV lovers, we're into mind games, watch The Traders. Start a free trial on Peacock if you want to test it out, although you should get Peacock because the Real Housewives of Miami, top tier, best housewives franchise on the air right now. Do the free trial. Think me later. Okay. Wow. Wow. First episode back, it felt good. I was pumped up. You know how I knew I was pumped up? to do this podcast today. I've had Space Jam stuck in my head all day. Everybody get up. It's time to stand now. We got a real thing going down. You know, if you have Space Jam stuck in my head, you're ready to like throw elbows to everyone walking around you. Just absolutely crush the day. Crush the pod. And I feel like that's what we accomplished today together. If you haven't rated the show yet, do so. Let's start 2023 out on a positive note. If you're listening on Apple, Spotify, give us a five-star rating. Drop a love you like assist. Don't forget the Patreon page. Support your girl on her journey to financial freedom. <laughs> I don't know if that's ever going to be the case, but uh, another Bachelor brain dump on the Patreon page this Friday. Extra pop on Monday. Maybe we'll talk about the Vanderpump Rules trailer. I will see you there. And if not, I'll see you next week. Love you like a (music) sis. Goodbye. Ahoda Media Production.